Hi. Oh, hi. look at this. Oh, hi. Oh, just, oh. oh, there it is. It's back. <laughs> there it's back. I like that it does key out my my microphone. Oh, I, I didn't realize that you didn't notice that. It keys it all out. And then once you get in front of it, there it is. Yeah. Is, uh... oh, there <laughs> it is. Ooh. Oh, oh, like a little ghost. Yeah, it yeah. is. So I'll, I'll probably just do it from right here. I mean, I can hear you fine, to be honest. Yeah, I think I've been too close to the microphone in the past. I um, might also be a little too close to the mic. Oh, you sound great all the time. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome so much. Oh. <laughs> hey, everyone. Hey. Welcome uh, um, to Mean Girls Interrupted. Yeah, Mean Girls Interrupted. I'm John. I'm Travis. And uh, Travis, are we are we mean? No, we're not mean at all, actually. We have our own opinions, but we're not mean. Like, you can meet us on the street, and we would probably be like, hey, BB. Yeah. And we uh, would do that. Also, are we girls? <laughs> uh, some days. Sometimes. And uh, <laughs> are we interrupted, usually? Mostly by me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's Mean Girls Interrupted. Where we're we're not really mean. Sometimes we're girls, but we're always interrupted. We're always interrupted by thoughts, by tangents, by what's going <laughs> ourselves, on, by ourselves, by our Yes, by sometimes things that happen in our past that we yeah. still can't uh, stop talking about. Or maybe you just need a little bit of a rest at a mental institution, like in nineteen sixty nine, oh, uh, starring little... Winona Ryder and the uh, the head nurse is Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, Winona Ryder and um, Angelina Jolie and rest in peace, dear Brittany Murphy, who I love. I know. I feel like whenever I was in high school and I watched uh, Girl Interrupted, I almost said Mean Girls Interrupted, but it's whenever I watched Girl Interrupted for the first time, I was like, Brittany Murphy was it for me. She was Let me tell you. Oh my gosh, dude. Brittany Murphy. I mean, if you really think about it, like her career was so crazy it was so good and so amazing and she yeah. was so sweet have you ever watched that youtube video of her at blockbuster yeah i've sent it to you once and you already saw it i think yeah i did and uh, she, was, I love... she was very like early aughts with the low-rise <sighs> jeans she and... is so freaking cute and so beautiful and i truly think <clears throat> she had something going for her she and did. i she was a, she was an it girl for a time she was an it girl, period, plain and simple. Imagine her as Nomi. Yeah, that would have been crazy. Brittany Murphy as Nomi, but I mean, I think you need those long, beautiful legs. You need those Elizabeth Berkeley uh, legs, for you sure. You do. Uh, but for real, rest in peace, Brittany Murphy, always and forever. Yeah, and also, if you're listening to this or watching us on YouTube, um, you can like, comment, subscribe. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, you can follow the show so you never miss a new one. Uh, rate re five stars and review it. A glowing, a rave review. And um, yeah, and also follow us on uh, on Instagram at Mean Girls Interrupted. Email us at meangirlsinterrupted at gmail.com. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> There's a lot of ads and dots and things. There are. It's kind of a lot of information. Or just go to our website, meangirlsinterrupted.com, and um, and just, you know, engage with us because we like to know what you want us to watch. We would love to know what you want to watch. 
Um, we know that there's listeners out there. I mean, our we Thor Ragnarok out there. We know you're out there. Our Thor Ragnarok episode for some reason had so many uh, downloads, which is really crazy. Yeah, it, we know you exist. Us. It yeah. was good for us, but also why that one? That because one, it, it's it's wild, but not any others after that. <laughs> it's crazy. Nothing, nothing that substantial, which is so crazy. But I mean, yeah, who cares? Obviously, you can see from John's beautiful background. Ooh. This week, we are oh. doing the Netflix original. They clone Tyrone. Which, yes. While I was watching this, I kept thinking. I really, really wish that if Netflix were going to have movies, they would be this type of quality. I could have seen yeah. this going to a theater. Like, what Absolutely. did Netflix do? Outbid? Um, I don't did know. Did they outbid for the rights of this? Um, I don't know. I don't think it was an independent feature that was picked up by Netflix. I don't see that happening. I see this as like a, a true Netflix original. Um, but, but that I, is shocking. Yeah, because I, I was thinking of that too. I was like, whoa, like Netflix has a, a high quality movie that didn't go to theaters. Right. Uh, because whenever they go to theaters, they kind of uh, pull out all the stops um, uh, story-wise. It doesn't feel, have that Netflix watered down feel to it. This but, doesn't have that. This Yeah. If this went to theaters, it was super limited. But um yeah, I'm glad it's on uh, glad it's accessible. Uh I thought so let's do you want to do stats? Because it was it's let's do stats for sure. Uh I'm gonna pull up my stats. I'm gonna pull up my stats here. Um they they clone Tyrone runs 122 minutes, and uh it is an action comedy mystery. And is, that all seems fitting, honestly. Yeah, so it came out this year, just a few um, weeks ago, and uh, this it it was directed by Jewel Taylor, who is work Jewel. I love the name Jewel, by yeah, the way. He um he has written a few movies. Uh, I think this is his directorial debut. He wrote Creed two and wrote and co-wrote Space Jam a New Legacy like the the more recent Space Jam um which I did not see but uh anyway so good on him uh but this was Jewel this was his directorial debut yes 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 so that's right yeah i believe so yeah this was his direct directorial debut yeah, and if it's not, this is the thing that's putting him on the map as of like right now, because it's it's a, a really strong uh, showcase for him. Absolutely, okay. in my opinion, anyway. That I is, would agree. I would agree. It's very strong as a as a feature. Um, so the stars John Boyega, and he is of Star Wars uh, notoriety these days. Uh, he plays Fontaine, but you know, whenever I see John Boyega in anything, I think immediately uh, of Attack the Block. I was just literally <laughs> going to say that, which I think I told you. Yeah. Okay. If all of you out there, if you have not watched Attack the Block, you're missing out. On find it right now. Find it immediately and go watch it. It is an yeah. amazing. It's worth your time. Starring a young, I think John Boyega. Look, I think he's a teenager, right? Children, 
They These were all children. Very good actors, all of them. Amazing. Attack the Block is getting a sequel. You and I have spoken about this. Yes. I literally cannot wait for this. John Boyega is going to be a part of this. As of he's now. attached. Yeah, yeah. So I don't oh, know okay. if it's like him years later or if he's just going to be like a character within the world or whatever. But that was my first, and I probably your introduction to John Boyega. Attack yeah. the Block is incredible. Yeah. Seriously, go watch that. Movie I if didn't you know what I was getting into. Like back in the day, I was like, oh, this seems like kind of like schlocky sci-fi whatever not it, one bit <laughs> not like, one bit yeah like it was a hyperly stylized uh film the the aliens themselves were so unique and original for me so I was like, cool looking like you can't see them but you can see their silhouettes and their like glowing neon mouths and they're like blue it's like this blue yeah. glowing they have like this weird it reminds me of in Jennifer's body. Do you remember when she throws up that sludge and it kind of yeah, does those exactly. spiky bits? Yeah. That is what they look like a little bit. Right. And almost like a little 2D, like they can disappear easily. It was part it's, of their little passive camouflage. It's was, really cool. Yeah. And the whole idea of the like alien invasion of this of the block that they lived in was Yes, right. Was amazing. What and it's such a cool backdrop too. I love when movies. I love when a movie, an alien movie, doesn't take place in the United States because it's like, <laughs> yeah. why? Like, why is it always the United States being attacked by aliens? As if well, they wouldn't the, go to other places. Yeah, because the only thing that exists is, is America and the American dream. John, the aliens <laughs> would see Florida and immediately turn around. They're like, this isn't worth it. They're, no, they're absolutely not. This is too much. <laughs> Okay, so this also stars Jamie Foxx as Slick Charles. Loved him as Slick Charles. Yeah, Jamie Foxx as Slick Charles was was doing it for me and in a couple of different ways, I would say. Honestly? Yeah. He wasn't looking bad, was he? Nope. <laughs> he was looking pretty good. And uh, Tayona Paris as Yo-Yo, Love. who I would argue Love. steals the movie. Um, you want to know who else is like a very close second? Whoever plays Biddy? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, her, sure. She's uh, played by Tamberla Perry. Honestly, as, as Biddy. I, I, John, can I tell you? I actually paused the movie and took pictures of her when she <laughs> her first introduction and her pink outfit, and her bag. Her pink, her pink wig was really good. Yeah. Okay, but when you first meet her outside at nighttime and she's in the full pink monochromatic outfit with her pink yeah. hair and her handbag yeah. is a Chinese takeaway box. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a Chinese takeaway box, which I think was like an actual. It's a real purse. Yeah, it's a real purse. I feel like it's a real designer purse at some point. It's really cool. She looks so cool. Yeah. I love Biddy, dude. Biddy, Biddy was and, good. Biddy, Biddy is also very, Biddy is important to the plot. As, Biddy's as very important to the plot. Biddy and Yo-Yo are the shit, for real. They're the true heroes of the story. And so, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, we don't know any of like the box office stats and numbers and things because Netflix uh, deliberately uh, hides all those all that data and does not release it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's fun. Um, so, mm. uh, yeah, so they clone Tyrone. Uh, it takes place in, um, in, in the south near Memphis. Some, in a somewhere. place called the Glen. Yeah, um, it's a it's a hood called the Glen. And so, is that real or is this fictional? I I'm just saying that it's probably fictional. Maybe it's a real place and time and and situation and rooted in the in the theme of the story as like an actual place. But for me, like immediate 
it almost doesn't matter because this world is so ambiguous anyway. It is. It is very yeah. ambiguous. Um, like, obviously, this is immediately you get that it's heavily and deeply visually and storily inspired by black exploitation of the 60s and 70s. Right. And um <clears throat> and uh the even the the homeless guy, the prophetic homeless guy in front of um I got dranks. Yeah. Uh <laughs> liquor store. Uh <laughs> he calls yo-yo um Foxy Brown at one point. He does. Like, yeah. By the way, I yeah. mean, come on now. Yeah. So she was giving, Yo-Yo is definitely giving like Friday Foster coffee. Oh, vibes. coffee. Come on. Yeah. Remember when we were watching those? <laughs> yeah. I love like the, the, uh, like the, 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 um, the theme music and, and coffee had lyrics to it. It was it like, did. hey, coffee, what you doing, girl? Yeah. Hey, girl, what you doing, coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was just like the best thing in the world. That was, that was always whenever she was like doing like her Scooby-Doo mystery. I, lo I love those movies so yeah. much, though. Yeah, they're very good. They're very specific uh, and hyper stylized, I would say. Yeah, I love them. Fashion. Yo-Yo is giving thigh high boots that are also chaps and are yellow. Um. John, <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you're picking up. I love, I love the outfits in this. Yeah, they were really good. The wardrobe is very specific, and the, if you notice, they don't change their no. costumes, so they 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 give off a very like X Men clan like feel. Like she right. she had X Men colors for sure. She like, did. They're very much superhero costumes, and I think that was a deliberate choice. She um, looked cool. They all looked cool. Anytime you saw yeah. any of the ladies of the night, they all looked great. Yeah, and everybody had their own color scheme. So I would, right. I would love to know what the director's thing behind that was. Like, they all had their own color scheme. And There's like, not a whole ton of trivia on this, to be honest. No, like, yeah. I went not. to go look for it. There's not a whole lot of behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, which but is unfortunate. J yeah, Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox like, owns purple in this one. Like, oh. Is, his purple tones were really good. And Teona Paris was like these like mustardy colors of the yeah. 70s. Yeah. Cool. It was very cool. Yeah. So John Boyega is the lead. Um, but definitely Teona Paris. He plays Paris Fontaine. Is, yeah, he, but he's in Teona Paris's movie, let's just be honest. Yeah. Uh, quite honestly. <laughs> so, uh yeah, so he plays Fontaine and he is just the sort of um deep-rooted crime boss basically uh in in the glen and he is just living his life he's a very simple uh, he brings in money doing uh hustling and doing these crimes and uh he is he's a good son they don't have a whole lot of money apparently even though he is like doing a bunch of crimes and uh uh, his he lives with his mom who you don't see he she's like in the room always and he like leaves a sandwich for her and uh so he is just living his life we get a real snippet into this world which is very like gritty 1960s 70s but it's an ambiguous time period because it's you have like these old school cars uh mixed can we talk now. about this yeah. Right. But we need to talk about the intro to this movie before we get into it. Okay. The first, the first 60 seconds to two minutes of this movie really tell you 
the yeah. direction this movie's going to go. They're does, outside yeah. of the liquor store. You have all of these different characters showing up and it's like, okay, this movie's going to be very, very character driven. And then at the end of it, you have, you, you hear all of these different things like, oh, I saw Michael Jackson. I swear I saw Michael Jackson working. Like, right, yeah. and they're like, well, I go to this. He's not there. Well, that's because he's black now. So right. then you have Junebug who shows up on the bike looking for Fontaine. But while all of this is happening, you get an introduction to the people in this town, who they are. Yeah. And it's a perfect, it is a perfect visual representation of where you're going in this movie. It's, it's setting the world in a very deliberate and it co- concise way. John, I love the intro. Yeah. I am not joking. I actually went back and watched it again. Yeah. Cause it's like you get uh, right now. I was like, Oh wait, is this period? And immediately you're like, Nope, it's ambiguous. And it, that's great for me. Like it's, I love the introduction to this yeah. movie. You don't have smartphones, you have flip phones, but you also have modern day SUVs. Right. <laughs> like, uh, so it's very that. And uh, um, it's, it's its own unique world. And I, I, uh, I was fully in, in, and I was like, yes, like, take me along for the ride. Like, I'm in your hands, uh-huh. Jewel Taylor. This, I know you know what you're doing, obviously. And, oh, um, God, the beginning was so good. I was like, this, I'm yeah. already on board. I'm like, this is how you get someone on board. Yeah, but then uh, Fontaine. So Fontaine, I'm so sorry. No, Fontaine, uh, right after this, he sees one of, like, a, a guy uh, dealing drugs. And June apparently- helps him. The little kid is the yeah. snitch. Yeah, so, so you see June back in the beginning and he's like, by the way, come with me. I know. So he's a little snitched. Yeah. And so apparently uh, the guy, I forgot the character's name. Um, anyway, so he uh, he um, he runs him over. Uh, Fontaine runs this, this guy over with the car, apparently like owes him money or something like that. So no, because he's dealing on his block. Oh, he it's a, oh right, right, right. Because he's a part he's of dealing on his block, group. so he's like, you are you're an, you're encroaching on my area. Yeah, so I'm gonna run you over with my car as a message, and don't let it happen again. Um, so yeah, so Fontaine goes home, and we see that uh, he is just living his life. One of his his good friends, who is always carrying one one of the people that that works for him. Uh, who's always holding like a portable fan. Yeah, I, I was, like him. I like him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's always not without a um, a portable fan. And so he he comes over and like to deliver his his uh, earnings for the day over to the Fontaine and it looks a little short and uh, he's just like, it's whatever, it's whatever. And he is led to... Um, uh, be- to what what was happening there with that so okay so basically they're looking for jamie fox's character okay so he brings over a pizza box full of money and he's like it's short and it's like okay well where's the rest and jamie fox's character's name is um can you help me out with slick that one? charles slick charles we just spoke about that so slick charles he was like well could you find slick charles he's like no he wasn't at the motel is that <laughs> the only place you looked yes well i'll go look for him so they realized Fox that Charles owes him money and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And so slick chart, we get an introduction to that, which is, I think a very great introduction to yo-yo. A great is... introduction to yo-yo who doesn't, <laughs> who is amazing, but also you get to see like all of the other sex workers there, which I think they're all like, God, 
they're like slick charles <laughs> sucks but we have to make money yeah they're just they're not bothered by anything that goes down no <laughs> they don't flinch they don't look they're just like i don't care what's going on but uh yeah so uh fontaine uh confronts slick charles and finds stashed away cash right and he he takes it he's just like whatever and so slick charles is like yeah i don't like you fontaine but yeah i, I did steal money from you <laughs> so, <laughs> uh so uh fontaine goes back into his to the parking lot into his car but it's amazing car by the way it's mint green it's a uh, i have exactly what it is right here it is a the car is a dunbarton green 1976 pontiac grand prix and it is so cool it's a the color of it alone is it's is really I good love the green <laughs> that green is what my room is painted yeah, I was going to say, I have a thought about uh, you and in, in your room. I was like, this is, I, I know we're going to talk about the green in this, whenever we, in, in the podcast. I am partial to green. I Me love too. the color green. I My think favorite. There is a lot of green going on in this movie, which I, I love it. So yeah. I'm here for it. And that color, God, that car was so good. Yeah, it was nice. Would I own it? Probably not, because it's old and you have to take care of those things. Oh, no, I wouldn't own it, but I definitely no. would admire it yeah i would be like Ooh. <laughs> but uh so uh fontaine's arrival uh crimes uh people have followed him there and they pull up behind his car so he can't back out and they just idle there for a long time and uh this is this is eric b robinson jr who plays big boss uh he was the rival and uh the guy who ran over ran him over i mean the the guy he ran over is also in the car and yeah still with are, a broken leg and he hasn't had any leg. help yeah <laughs> and so they are they gun him down in the parking lot as a retaliation and it's it's pretty bad for fontaine yeah because he dies yeah they kill fontaine <laughs> in the parking lot they do and then we're like oh he's dead but if you know the title you know that's not going to be that's just the beginning for him it is just the beginning yeah because he wakes up not unlike groundhog's day and i was like wait are we in a time loop movie or something but no we're not no we're not and i like that element yeah uh so he wakes up in his bed and he's like oh what uh and he does his same routine he gets a lottery ticket that always says you lose on it and uh, so right uh oh he gets a scratcher ticket yeah and so he gets a uh, scratcher he always goes to the guy sitting outside and pours a little bit of his 40 into the guy's styrofoam cup because he's a hero he is a hero he's a hero maybe maybe doing crimes and doing bad things like killing people but you know running he's still people nice over. he's still a nice guy he's still a nice guy he's still a nice guy he helps people while they're down yeah sometimes uh, sometimes unless they're, you're encroaching on his turf right um and uh so he immediately his friends like whoa wait i i'm pretty sure you died last night <laughs> not even no not his friend his friend doesn't do it he goes back through the day because his friends weren't there remember fontaine right. was by himself when we went to slick charles place yes so what happens is he goes throughout his day. Nobody knows he's dead. And he goes to Slick Charles' place. And Slick Charles is like, what? He was right. like, there's a ghost? <laughs> and this is where everything starts 
everything, the puzzle, the puzzle pieces start coming together. Right. Because the, uh, Yo-Yo turns out that she, she uh, had left the building, but doubled back whenever she heard gunshots and she saw uh, the people leaving the scene of the crime. And uh, so they, they go through the, they go through the people to try to get eyes and, and track where this uh, giant black car was, was fleeing. And so yeah. um, they track it down together as a mystery group, which I do love. I love how they're just immediately like, we're uh-huh. into mysteries now. Yeah. And we're going to solve it. Right. And, sh- and the, nobody's more excited than, than Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo is living john can i tell you that one of my favorite things she ever said when she walked into that house and she said "Ooh, it has good bones (laughs) she's looking at all of the entire house the hardwood floor she said oh it has good bones (laughs) yeah and there's so many little throwaway jokes like this throughout that i'm like this is great like it's so light and fun and uh even though it does get into some heavy subject matter and the theme is very dark and poignant which you don't realize how dark it truly is (laughs) but i mean yo-yo is is a hoot she's uh, she uh so they they go into this house that's seemingly um abandoned yep and uh they they just they um there's nothing really to look at but there's a giant black car outside of it Right. And uh, so they search these rooms and whatnot, but they find what seems to be a like an official break room. There's yes. there's a TV going. CCTVs. With like... There's not just one. There's like multiple <laughs> yeah. different camera setups in this weird room. And so, yeah, and they, um, yeah, it looks very official. There's like, there's, um, you know, like your office break room, they have all like the, there's lockers like the state codes of employment state right on the wall and they have lockers way. they have the hot coffee on the table there's which yo-yo deduces it's very important yes. so yo-yo is like on the case she's like this coffee's still warm and so i love uh, that little uh, detail she knew to do it because i love that little detail <laughs> yeah it's, it's smart it's smart writing yeah and like uh so they find a closet whenever they open it up it's an elevator uh she said there's an elevator in this house <laughs> <laughs> oh right right she was just impressed that there was an elevator in this yeah house. There, she's not even freaked out like, she's oh, like wow that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh they get in they hesitantly get into the elevator all three of them and they all pull out their own individual guns because of course, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is black exploitation, and you have to have a gun. Uh, Honestly, it's so weird though, too, because like in any other action movie, every person would also have a gun. Yeah, but these are just like regular crime people. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, uh, so they all have their own personal guns, and they ride the elevator down, and uh, it opens up into this laboratory, basically, and. Uh, it's there's one person dancing crazily to a Michael Jackson song. It's Jimbo's baloney ghost. It is Jimbo's baloney ghost. <laughs> Jimbo's baloney ghost is dancing to Michael Jackson. <laughs> the guy, the guy who was dancing, I was like, get it. He was yeah, like living, real. he was living his whole little fantasy. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was this little scientist guy, and uh, uh, he sees them, and they have the, the drop on him, and so 
they they go through the laboratory and they get a couple of different answers out of this guy um but while while fontaine is like holding this guy at gunpoint getting answers um <laughs> what was it what was it uh um, i think it's slick charles is holding him right not right not at first oh slick not charles. at first like it's Charles Nick discovers, is trying to steal drugs. <laughs> yeah, he discovers like a, a cocaine-looking substance, and he tries some, and it is not cocaine. No. And meanwhile, Yo-Yo is like making a cocktail of like mystery drinks from beakers and right. crabs. He's in the back just mixing chemicals, <laughs> and she like tastes it. She's like, "Ooh, <laughs> like you guys." Uh, so you can't take Slick Charles or Yo-Yo anywhere. Um, but they have enthusiasm. I, I love them for it. <laughs> so, They're going to make your night way more interesting if you do take them with you. Yeah. yeah so uh, um, Slick Charles oh, he all hopped up on this mystery powder, um, hold, uh, accidentally shoots the scientist um, uh, because um, Yo-Yo Yo -Yo drops Yo-Yo drops the beakers where she mixes the chemicals because it makes a negative reaction. <laughs> Yeah, and exactly. so then it startles Slick Charles, who then kills the scientist while Fontaine is somewhere yes. in the building. We're like, where is he? Where'd he go? Yeah, but he's found something. And he has found something. Yeah, the alarms go off and they got to get out of there fast. But they so they find uh, Fontaine, who has discovered his shot up corpse, corpse. on a slab. And uh yeah, so we realize, and they realize that they indeed have cloned Tyrone, and the mystery gets even bigger from there. And so they flee the place, and they they hide out in Yo-Yo's grandmother's house, where her childhood bedroom is. She has every Nancy True book possible, <laughs> which I think was great I writing live. choice too. That's I live, good, dude. That is exactly why, because what the lead up to it, I was like, wait, how is she so like savvy with mysteries, right? And like, why is she so like gung ho about getting to the bottom of this? Judge, she's getting to live <laughs> out her childhood dream, which I think is so yeah. amazing. She's like, yeah. this is the best. Yeah, and so I thought that was such a great reveal of like- Me she too. Has, she has she has one that was definitely in my childhood home, which was the, uh, like, what was it? The secret staircase or something like that. Oh, I'm not even sure. Yeah, it's I've the one- I've never read a single one. It's the one that, um, that uh slick actually picks up it's a it's yeah a, yeah it's like the mystery of the secret staircase or something like that um and uh yeah so she has that's how she is so like involved in the mystery and she I does it, she dude. does she her instincts are better than any other character she knows exactly what's going down <laughs> um yeah she does because she's done as her entire life, she's read every Nancy Drew book, girl, probably three times over. Yeah, so she's I thought that every was single great. one of them. She's smart. Yeah, so that was whenever she immediately became my my uh, solidified her as my favorite character is was the Nancy Drew books and just like her whole thing. But anyway, so they they decide to just lay low and they'll they're gonna have to like go back to the house or something like that. Um, and and uh, they decide to go further the next day, but not before they eat some food because they are starving. So yes. they go to this. Um, what was the the chicken shops? 
it's, uh, something uh, something damn good chicken or something. I don't yeah. know. It's really funny. Everything on everything <laughs> this movie is so on the nose. Yeah. So before they go to this the the fried chicken uh uh fast food place, they they precede it with like the commercial to this place, yes. which was so hilarious to me. It's it's so good. <laughs> like, it's so good. It was amazing. And it's so, so satirical. Like it, it just is, feels yeah. like satire. It is. It's a statement and everything. And so uh they go to this chicken place where it's like jam-packed. It has a line out the door. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they they eat uh fried chicken and they're um and so they were sort of their mood with the revelations of everything, they were kind of like not in the best spirits. But as soon as they start eating the fried chicken, their moods go immediately up. It goes from zero to ten, and they're they couldn't be more happy. And do you love the way that this scene was done? Uh-huh. I it absolutely so did. <laughs> it was so good. It was like it was so genius. Like they all they gradually move into like laughing about something organically to like guffawing over then, nothing. Yeah. And is it Yo-Yo who realizes? I think, no, I think it's, is it Yo-Yo? I thought it was Slick Charles who uh, notices and he's like, it's in the chicken. Cause everybody around them is like cackling. Right. So, and and then, they notice they're like, this is really weird. And they notice oh, it's it is weird. Slick Charles because he had taken the powder and he, it was, it's making him feel that exact same way. So they connect the dot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's like, put down the chicken, put down the chicken. And they do, and they're like, the conspiracy is starting. They're, they're onto like, the what's happening? And uh, and then they see a person who the, the white just person, like the dead scientist. Because all the white people scientists have the same like appropriated <laughs> uh-huh. facial hair and yep. afro. It's yep. so crazy to me. And so they're easily clockable in the world. <laughs> so. the thing is is that and what's crazy is too they're like a blinking you mess type of person until you're in the story and you're like wow they are off yeah they are off and the scientist right before he gets shot even says we're everywhere and they whenever they start looking they are actually everywhere they are everywhere <laughs> yeah. and they're at the chicken place they're everywhere you go but you don't realize it because they're just they're blending a, in on purpose. they're just a boring white person with appropriated hairdos and facial hair. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say appropriated. I actually have known people who have curly hair. I know I know white people that have natural afros. It's true. It's true. But it's it's hilarious. The way it's I get executed, it, I, it's funny. I understand. <laughs> so. It is. That's what I think is hilarious about yeah. it. Um, but so they, he noticed that like the the chicken shop manager is one looks exactly like the guy uh the scientist he shot in the basement and so, like literally brothers they're identical yeah and so <laughs> so yo-yo takes it upon herself to do her thing mm-hmm. and get to the bottom of what's going on <laughs> yes she does so she she flirts with him uh by very sensually saying that her her soda's flat she does yeah She's like, my soda, I need, (laughs) you know, I want to talk to the manager, but very flirty. Yeah. And so they're in the manager's office, which looks a little bit more like a a war room, if you ask me. Oh, I would. (laughs) I would venture to say that's correct. Yeah. But he's like, he's all about getting with uh, Yo-Yo, this, this manager. And so, but she is like, you know, this is, 
you know what would make this even better is uh is some drumsticks some yeah. drumsticks <laughs> <laughs> and some oh, and a coleslaw she would love some coleslaw yeah and so he's like oh let me get that for you so she gets rid of him for a moment and she goes to this bank of cctv monitors and she's like oh shit but he comes back and they start to like get into some heavy petting but like she positions them in such a way that she's able to look through um all the cctvs and change all the channels and they have security cameras everywhere she learns from like the strip clubs to uh everything it's like all over the glen the so, entire glen is being watched yes and they're like oh shit so she gets out of there and um yeah and uh they reconvene and they're just gonna have to figure out what to do and where to go but something leads them to frog who i believe is the homeless guy outside of the liquor store yes um so i it's john it's john boyega who links that somehow yes and i can't remember how i guess he's always he's always saying like these weird prophetic things frog he does and but they just passes it over as uh as crazy homeless person talk well one of the things frog says which i think is really interesting also really cool is when um fontaine first comes out of the liquor store the day after he's shot and frog says you got that new car smell on you right because he knows he's observant he he knows something's up yeah so i can't remember why they go back but i do know well they, 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 they go to frog right and so okay but wait they leave the chicken place okay they leave the chicken place and next to the chicken place is a hair salon so right within the hair salon they notice that on the outside there's people in a van who are getting out that look eerily similar to right the other follow they follow the the weird scientist looking people so they go into the hair salon, and this is when Yo-Yo realizes they're not only putting it in food, they're putting it in hair products, they're putting this powder, this white substance in it, and it's starting to control people. Well, this is when this is when Fontaine's enemy rolls into the hair salon and is like, I'm pretty sure I killed you last night. Yeah. What the hell is going on? He's, he's like, even gonna... alarmed. He's alarmed, but at this point, Jamie Foxx has now gotten into the van because Yo-Yo and Fontaine are acting as decoys in the salon. So yeah. he's in the back of the van trying to find evidence. Well, he gets locked in the van. He gets locked in the van. And while he's locked in the van and they speed away, uh, the van goes away. He finds grape drink, purple drink. <laughs> I think it, I think it says grape drink. Yeah, grape drink. Yeah, I think it says grape drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like also, uh, also, uh, it's a stereotype. Obviously. It's a stereotype. It's a but, stereotype. I mean, it is. This is satire at this point, and and so we're we're starting to learn as the audience, like even at the hair salon, there it was like this leave-in straightener um, yeah. formula, and obviously Yo-Yo is like, ugh, she's like, I I don't understand why these girls want straight hair. It's totally insane. And so yeah. this girl who's getting the the hair straightener put into her roots, she's like stressed out about her day, her life, whatever, and like pontificating about it. But as the as the liquid goes into her hair, she starts to calm down. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, as it's soaking into her pores and her scalp. Yeah, and she's probably like, I'm just like complaining. I don't know. And so it keeps them subdued. Right. It keeps them controlled. Yep. And uh, keeps them so, quiet. Yeah. So now we know as the audience that this whole uh 
experimentation, like people doing experience of whatever group this is doing experiments on, on the Glen, the people of the Glen, that it's in an effort to control them some for yep. some reason. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, so they have to, they have to, uh, break, uh, slick out of, uh, uh, from being locked in the van. And so they do find him and he's like, yeah, I didn't find anything in here except for a grape drink. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so they link grape drink immediately to church because that's the sacrament. Well, frog actually, what leads them to frog frog is the one who tells them, where would you go? And frog's like, he says, he, he's speaking in riddles at this point. He won't give him a yeah. straight answer. It's like the big man. He says something about like God or the big man or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. And so uh, Fontaine links it. He like decodes it and it leads them to the church where yes. it is. Is it even a Sunday? <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know, but I don't think it matters because I think there's a lot of churches that do. Um, I think they do different like services. Yeah, um, throughout the week. I don't know. I'm not a church going person, so yeah. and neither are they. <laughs> it's still very foreign to to our our trio here. So they they're sitting in church, and it's very much just like regular, typical church day. But they see the grape drink is has been passed around yes. as the sacrament, and that's whenever the congregation starts to get crazy. Yeah, like, they all start to get nasty a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> little bit. <laughs> So they're they're all intoxicated by this mind controlling grape drink, and uh, um, yeah, and so they know something is very terribly wrong going on in the Glen. They got to figure it out. So they come back to the church uh, that night, and they are scouring um, for a sort of a new. They find a new entryway elevator um, to the underground, and it's under the pulpit. Yep, and. Um, they get in, they go down, and they they immediately they this is where it goes a little Scooby Doo. Yeah, I love it though. <laughs> yes, me too. It's very like Mystery Machine. They they basically uh, corner three scientists who are like in these crazy visors that are mirrored, so you can't see who's inside. Uh, they steal their their suits so they can they can uh, walk around freely in this underground network of corridors and scientists and science experiments how did you yeah. feel about this whole reveal i thought it was cool it was good right i thought it was cool yeah it's like it's they walk to a map and see that this whole underground network is only under the glen yep yeah and so in, it's like this hive this hive it's a hive. Un, it's a hive under the glen yeah and it's full of all of these uh white uh, people white people it's literally all white people it's all white people and i thought it was all white men but then i saw some girls in there too um yeah there were some girls i mean i mean come on yeah if we're gonna be i mean <laughs> we're gonna be realistic like let's not let's not yeah. pretend they don't exist exactly and so they uh so uh i believe it's um yeah who was it uh yeah so slick he is he basically links it and he's like they're they're clockwork oranging us they're <laughs> Which I love the reference to Clockwork Orange right before he says this. When you could see, they had um, they have the those things on that woman. Yes, the eye vices, which always gives me like uh, it the always gives me like, every time, and it did not fail on this one too. And they like no, lingered it was good. on it. And I was like, I think those are actually on her eyeballs. Like that actress had to do it. Like it's good. Yeah, like I don't want that. 
So they did a good job. I immediately yeah. thought Clockwork Orange. And then like 10 seconds later, you get the reference from uh, Jamie Foxx's character. Yes, which is also um, fits in the world of like the 60s and 70s cinema and yeah. and pulp and, and whatnot. So anyway, uh, great references and choices all around from the director. Which goes back to you being like, it's ambiguous when this happens because they're making references to movies that exist in a real world with Clockwork yeah. Orange, but you still don't know what time. Yeah, and we're also <laughs> using cell phones, uh, but they're nothing beyond a Motorola razor. They're all burners. Know. Every phone in yeah. this movie is a burner. <laughs> There's no touch phones or nothing. But like, yeah, so they're appalled and aghast and horrified uh, of the of the atrocities against their their neighborhood and their people and it's it's all it's white people controlling black people and and it's it's like intense uh like mind control and they're using what they already naturally gravitate to in their daily lives in order to control them yeah so you have the the hair uh conditioner you have the grape drink, you have the, and then we reveal down here. But it's all based off of stereotypes. It is all based off of stereotypes. That's true. Um, but I mean, this is a satire. But within the world. That's what I'm saying. But within but this world. It's, it's within all... the world. And it's within the logic of, of the white people uh-huh. doing the control. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. It's, ex- it's exactly what white people would choose. Right. They would, they would, they would go to the stereotypes because that's all they really know. Right. So Which the, the, I think is also very smart writing. It's very smart writing. It's it, extremely good. I would say it's extremely good. But um, so um, so it's revealed down here that they're also using the the music to um, to do very specific, more extreme control, like bodily control. Yeah. Um. So like so we witness like two um black men fighting each other, and then they switch the song. And it's more about love and peace and harmony. And then they stop fighting and hug each other. So it's like, it's really like immediate control. It's within Uh, the lyrics too. It is. It's immediate control. It's yeah. And so they, they're like, we got to get out from underneath this. So they, they, okay. Can I tell you something? Okay. So whenever they, they leave the underground, but first we have to tell it. Oh, go for it. Find all the clones first oh you're right after they see that they first stumble upon all of the clones in their shells and they see that not only is fontaine cloned but so is slick charles so is slick charles they don't find us they don't find a single clone of yo-yo right yo-yo has not been cloned but there are different clones yeah do you remember hearing the white guy later tell her why she hasn't been cloned yeah, I you have to you have to tell me what you think about that. I'll remind I, you, right? Because I I wasn't. We're getting a little bit into the weeds of this. Yeah, yeah. So so they they flee the place into into a club, uh, a dance club. It opens in a strip club uh, dressing room. Oh right, it's a strip club uh, dressing room, which is yeah. So they they get out of there, and um, uh, while they're working their way through the club, they uh the DJ is one of the scientist dudes and he sees them and uh, he controls the crowd through the music to make, to chase them out of the building. And so the, the whole world has taken a huge turn at this point. Yep. And uh, they are fleeing this mass of, uh, of dance club goers, this horde. And uh, they are stopped by 
so they, they get into their car but the swarm is upon them but then they all stop suddenly because they're they're under control yep and then Kiefer sutherland comes and comes <laughs> them at this point in time which was kind of a surprise to me johnny had no idea i was like yeah. wait really but also he kind of was he was kind of looking good to me. Oh, interesting. Uh, just a little, just okay. a little bit. And he's not, he don't really do it for me that much, but I was like, I don't know, maybe because he's evil. Like maybe the bad, maybe yeah. the bad side of him. Like the vibe of it was like yeah. doing it. It was more yeah. about the the confidence. Yeah, it was the confidence. <laughs> yeah, but Kiefer Sutherland, uh, his character's name is Nixon. And I wonder what that's about. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> But uh, he comes out and does a lot of uh, evil monologuing, which is great for me. I loved his monologue. Yeah, but what? Why didn't? Why wasn't Yo-Yo? Um, so this is where he tells. He was like, obviously, you're all under control. And he says, what does he say? Is it um, Black Daphne, Black Dahlia? He mm. says a word that shows to Fontaine that I could have you kill yourself right now. Put the gun in your mouth. Do this, and Fontaine has no control. But this is where he tells Yo-Yo. He said the reason why we have Fontaine cloned and why we have Slick Charles cloned is because they keep life here exactly how we need it to be. We have the crime. We have this. But these two are particular people, and their minds are not like yours. He said, you're just a lady of the night. You're a dime a dozen. We don't need more than one of you. Oh, you, because she's an, oh, she's an expendable character. She's an expendable character, but Fontaine and Slick Charles are not because they control the they, environment. They control the environment. Yeah, so Yo-Yo need... does not control the environment. Yo-Yo could disappear and nobody would care. Right, but if they if they don't, they need the they need Slick and Fontaine to keep people where they're at. Yep. Yeah. Um, so. That's why they did not clone Yo-Yo. That's why you never see a clone of Yo-Yo. And he makes sure to tell her. And she's like, what? So that's why I'm Nancy Drew. Right. And that's why when he was like threatening to kill her, he was like, oh, that's the end of the road for you. You're not coming back. And she was like, "Mm." which is really fucked up. It is so messed up. But yeah. So sorry, I said that with a pH sensors. Um. And then, so they are, they are released under the uh, understanding that they should just chill out. Don't go searching for answers anymore. And you're going to be fine and just live out your little lives and don't cause any more trouble and we won't kill you. Uh, so they do that. And, um, um, Yo-Yo is not cool with it though. No, Yo-Yo is very much not cool with it. And Slick, neither is Slick, but Slick is sort of going through a, a crisis of identity at this point. Uh, and Fontaine, however, has come to terms with his lot in life and he says that he's cool with it. Yep. He's, until, yeah. Until he discovers that his mom in his room is not a mom at all. No, no, she's not. What she is doesn't she? exist. She yeah. is a tape, she is a recording. She sits in there, and that is why. He never sees her because all of his memories are fake. Mm-hmm. Everything's fake. Yeah, he is not actually living a real existence. Everything from the memories that he's had, the dreams that he has, and everything is uh, has been programmed into him. And he's like, I'm over this. I can't do this. Yeah. And uh, so he sits on his, uh, his porch and gets a little bit of wisdom from 
from Junebug, uh, who I love. From Junebug, who is a child. Junebug's <laughs> amazing, though. Junebug's so good, and I love that everything he has to say has to do with SpongeBob, and it all relates to the situation. <laughs> yeah. And he always has a Capri Sun. A Capri Sun, yes, for sure. Which for me, childhood, it was all about those Capri Suns. Right. We couldn't drink those fast enough and stab it enough. That, right. Stabbing that stick through that stubborn plastic hole. It was difficult. And if you broke the straw, you were done for. Also, can you, <laughs> do you remember ever stabbing through the back of the Capri Sun? <laughs> Have you oh, ever right, stabbed? right, right. Like you accidentally stab a little too hard and it goes through the outer shell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those little plastic straws were sharp. It was crazy. They were very sharp. But back yeah. to... We would always squeeze them and chug them. I'm, yeah. I always like to enjoy mine a little. Yeah. Just little yeah, sips. Yeah. Anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Fontaine yeah. and Junebug are sitting there. And yes. Junebug basically... I don't know what Junebug says, but pretty much Fontaine is like, all right. We have to convince the rest of the people in this town that there's something going on below the streets. And so they devise a plan. Yeah, we don't see the division, the devising of the plan at this point in time, but we know a plan is going down. Yes, we do. Um, so they, uh, there's a renewed vigor into the mission. And so what really goes down is um, uh, uh, Fontaine and others and company uh, they go to Big Boss and uh, to try to form an alliance. Uh, they're trying to create a Glen alliance so they can all storm the underground and 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 get and free themselves from the clutches of these mind control people. Uh, and so that that meeting goes south, and uh, Fontaine is Fontaine shot again by <laughs> Big Boss. This is the Big second Boss. time he's been. How Big Boss is like. How much do you think he's been shot by Big Boss at this point? A lot. <laughs> and do you like think Big seven? Boss is a clone? Because um, we didn't get to see a Big Boss clone. But at this point, if Big Boss also is here to be a rival to Fontaine, and they keep the order and they keep people in check in this town, wouldn't you assume Big Boss was also a clone? Yes, I would actually. And uh, and he, it turns out that he is right. I d I'm not sure. Okay. I can't um, remember. He, I think he is. Yeah. Cause they discover a lot of clones, but, um, so, uh, they, so the, they disperse and then the, the big black car comes in and takes Fontaine as usual into the underground for processing. He is assumed to be dead, but guess what? He's not dead. He's it was all a it ruse. Up. Yes, it was. So he's like going underground and, uh, so he infiltrates whatever. And, um, uh, but he does get to, but we do get to witness the the um, activation of his of the next clone. Um, yes, so we do. we do that, and um, so we got two two Tyrones walking around, but actually three Tyrones. Fontaine. Uh, oh no! It's, oh yeah, right. Uh, so um, they wait, uh, wait. Why is it called they clone Tyrone? I think you missed the end piece. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Oh my gosh. Did you oh, miss the right. very you'll understand because okay, of the Erica Badu song? No. Oh, okay, cool. I think you may have missed a key <laughs> a key point. We'll get to it. Okay, okay. So okay. Fontaine. Help me out here because I am struggling. Because I'm okay. Uh, anyway, Fontaine. Fontaine. So, so Fontaine is underground. He pretended to be dead. He takes out some scientists. What he does now is 
What we didn't tell you is Biddy helps with all of this. Biddy's amazing. Watch this movie. You'll yes. understand why. Um, at this point, Yo-Yo has been kidnapped and they're trying to brainwash her. So now the thing is to get Yo-Yo back with the help of all of these other people. Yes. So Fontaine is able to open up uh, an elevator up on the surface level and let everyone in and down underground and all hell starts breaking loose. Yes. And so it's it turns out that a shooting Fontaine was a part of the plan. Yes. And and uh the rival boss was involved in that in that plan. And so ended up believing everything they said. Yes, yes. And so they they're they storm the capital pretty much <laughs> essentially. And uh um and all hell breaks loose, but um but John Boyega uh, he comes across this corridor in the in the war that's going on uh with his another clone of his which is definitely on the wrong side of of yeah the fight he's on the white side of the fight yes and so he knocks out fontaine and takes him uh, captive into this like pretty amazing looking room it's like a yeah. residential room underground yeah. where he meets the original uh fontaine yep correct he meets the original fontaine and he's a much older john boyega much yes. older and he explains to him why all of this is happening mm. so and, yeah and it's basically just like he it's almost like he was uh, the original fontaine was sort of subscribed to the white agenda at some point in his life and i'll tell you why what we didn't tell you is there's one memory fontaine has and it's uh, his little brother dying so the original fontaine tells clone fontaine hey that memory you have of your brother that's a real memory you just didn't get all of it you didn't get to watch him die you didn't get to see it you know that he was right. shot by the police because they said he was stealing candy and he was a child and right. so original fontaine is like in the background you can see this weird progression of gradients of skin colors on bodies you have Correct. a very deep black all the way up to white and original fontaine is basically like we can't allow this to ever happen again. So basically I'm turning all black people white. Thinking that it's like a, a virtuous cause, obviously. Yes. And it's yep. he explains that it's happening little by everywhere. little. Not just little by little, but everywhere. Chicago, Los yes. Angeles. Yes. There, there are other hives underneath yep. these cities doing the exact same thing to the black Cloning people, people black and community. trying to turn them white. Yes, and it's over generations, so it's like a yep. an eventual progression, evolution yep. into everybody just being white, and then thus eradicating um, uh, any kind of strife between races. Yes, to make the world a better so, place. Yeah, so he's demented and has gone he's brainwashed. crazy. He's been brainwashed by the the white agenda, um, uh, and. Uh, yeah, so he's horrifically misled. So he's the one that's creating all these clones. He was a geneticist and stuff like that. Yep. Um, so it's it's his brainchild and stuff. So, but Fontaine isn't having it, and neither no. is and neither is the the evil clone. Well, uh, evil clone doesn't know yet. And remember when the white guy shows up and says, uh, "Black Daphne," mm -hmm. um, original Fontaine is sitting there and. Uh, clone Fontaine is like Black Daphne and original yeah. Fontaine goes I'm not a clone and he's like no but he is 
And so the clone becomes under the black Daphne, uh, Co- whatever, uh, code trigger. word, yeah. trigger word, and shoots original Fontaine so that all of the madness will end. Yes, but uh, it goes beyond just goes original beyond. Fontaine. There's- and uh, so they, they, they overcome, they get out of the, they, they come back to the surface. They free the clones, by the way. Yes. Because uh, while the while the original Fontaine um, exchange was going on down in the clone room, uh, Slick and Yo Yo were facing uh, were fighting out uh, with with Kiefer Sutherland, which they, they do Queen come out on top. Kiefer Sutherland, yes, exactly, Sutherland. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, so they uh, yeah they overcome and then they uh, they free the the clones who are very confused and naked. Oh. They are very naked, very confused. <laughs> naked and confused, which is yes. a, naked and afraid. But the spin-off series of Naked and Afraid is Naked and Confused. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. a which are two naked people uh just very confused. They're so confused. <laughs> um, so they they come to the surface and the the new it gets onto the news media and the the whole world is seeing this wild chaos uh having resolved in the glen and uh it's all unfolding before the world's eyes yeah yeah and so we, we get a little moment uh between the trio and they have survived the craziest of circumstances and they're just like you know maybe we should just keep on going and take this mystery mis- machine to um one of these other cities and see yeah. what's going on over there and uh, so they kind of all three commit to this as their life's journey is to flee the is to get out of the glen and uh, and and do good around the world. Um, and there's a little uh, a tag ending, if you will, of uh, we hop, skip, and a jump to Los Angeles. Okay, so you didn't miss it. That is why. Okay. Oh, his name's Tyrone, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> All right. It's a very end thing. Okay. So uh, wait, get, yeah. Give the tag ending. I'm sorry. Oh no, you do it. You do it. Oh, um, so they do a tag ending. You see the title. They clone Tyrone across the screen. You're like, oh, it's over. No, it's not. You see Tyrone in Los Angeles doing the exact same thing that Tyrone and the Glen does. And then at the very end of it all, him and all of his buddies are sitting on a couch and they're watching the news and yeah. on the news pops up a clone, a clone Fontaine, who looks exactly like the kid sitting on the couch in LA. One of his buddies looks at him and goes, Tyrone, isn't that you? Yeah, and, and that it dawns on him that, yes, this isn't just some weird news media malarkey. It's actually real. And Tyrone so, is also a clone. So Tyrone is also a clone. And he's just barely finding out. But I think it's so incredible, too, that like not a single person in this movie is named Tyrone until the last three seconds yeah. of the movie and, and you know for me i discovered throughout this podcast i was like wait who's tyrone like, tyrone is him at the end yeah okay, the kid in la it. who doesn't realize he's a clone because it does go so much deeper and further yeah so will we get a sequel who knows know. honestly it could end right there and it's just like that would be like the perfect button for this this movie um is for like another person realizing that the matrix like, isn't oh. real. <laughs> and also the person sitting on that couch is 
a clone of an older person who has now been murdered. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's sort of like the the beginning of a, a much larger ripple effect. Yeah, uh, because so many people are going to find out yeah, that they're, they're gonna, all clones. They're going to see themselves on TV and probably form a, a, a Discord group. Uh, <laughs> and get in contact with each other. Discord. Yeah. 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 Um, so that that's um they clone Tyrone. And uh I don't know about you, Travis, but I, I really liked it. I love I'm not even gonna say I really liked it. I fully love this movie. Yeah, it was so I love this movie. Yeah, what did you love about it the most? Everything. I can't. There's not it's one hard, thing. Yeah. There's not one thing. You know what? Okay. I can actually tell you what I love about it most is how character driven it is. And I think Mm -hmm. that every person in this movie, had it not been them, this movie wouldn't be what it is. Um, Absolutely true. It is so incredibly done by the cast. The cast is my favorite part of this movie. I love the story, but the cast, they really brought this to life. Yes. And one, and Tayona Paris stole the show. I mean, come on, Biddy. Let's give her and Tayana Paris like <laughs> their own spinoff. Biddy's amazing too, and she's just a secondary character who only shows up when yeah. she has information and she's getting money to give right. you that information, which is hilarious. <laughs> she's like, I don't know if I remember really. She's like, but I might. I love how she checks that ten dollar bill, like. Oh, she does. She's like, <laughs> she checks to see if it's real first. Um, so, it's so funny. Yeah. So it's all very, these actors were, were going very, very good. Jamie Foxx, really great as well. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, John Boyega plays a, a really great protagonist, an understated I one, would, I would say. I wouldn't even say. The thing about this is like, is he, I mean, technically, yes, he's a protagonist, Technically, but he kind of falls under an anti-hero. Yeah. And he kind of, he was definitely overshadowed by, by his, his counterparts here and in his mystery team. Which I love. Yeah. I, I loved the, the. Yeah. What the, it was, what was your favorite part? Now let, let me I ask loved, you that question. I, I think as a whole, it was definitely like the, the overall concept and the choice of of rooting it in black exploitation and and having all the technology very ambiguous and i love that it was a an intersection between uh an, an intersection of black exploitation and sci-fi like i love the sci-fi element of it all yeah because they go like really hard sci-fi on whenever they go underground it's like yeah you just have to be along and take that leap of like these technologies exactly. are real and whatnot and um yeah I just but it's think all it's... it was all believable within the world nothing felt right. nothing felt so over the top and i was like oh yeah this all makes sense it all fit <laughs> it was all very good directorial choices because it's easy to be pulled out of the world whenever you see like a high-tech elevator in a house yeah but it seemed to fit in that that timeline ambiguous uh place because it was almost like a 1950s elevator or something like that yeah and uh um or like 1950s sci-fi look with like the their their suits their little respirator Mm -hmm. suits yeah um yeah it was all just very specifically done it's a whole unique world that's rooted it felt like it spanned decades the world felt like it spanned decades like it had a bunch of different references to different decades which i think is cool yeah Uh, and 
I think the theme of it was really bold and unique and uh, poignant and refreshing and uh, obviously timely because we know how, like, I think everybody is, their eyes have, well, maybe I'm giving people too much credit because I'm, I was, I was going to say like, I'm, I think a, a large part of humanity is, is very aware that, that we're not completely in control of our own lives because of uh, inst the institutions that govern us. Um, and the like societal institutions or political institutions and things like that. But then sometimes I look on social media and I'm like, oh no, we're still like, like pretty far from, <laughs> from like they say everybody's woke now, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> also, I, the thing too is like, I also hate that term because it has been turned around by the others. Well, they, the they, they, they do it on purpose. They do it on purpose. Yeah. That's all. It's, but the yeah. thing is, is I'm like, I don't, it's not an insult. It's not an insult to not want people to be treated different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not an, say whatever you want, but it's like, you got, yeah. it's turning it into a night. So whatever, we're not going to get into it, but no, but I mean, the, it's the movie it's in this movie. It's it done is. in a really good way. And like the way we, that we experience these sort of distractionary mind controls is, yeah is through i think largely social media right these days i was gonna say that by the way you, well to say it <laughs> i already said it i just said it okay <laughs> but don't you agree and then in the in i 100 percent agree yeah so it's like a statement this movie does a statement on that without using social media yeah it's um it, it uses uh uh things within within the black community that that of course, like evil white scientists would would think that would be effective. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's this movie's good, but you can always just like take a step back from this movie, and and it's not heavy while at the same time uh, shedding light on on a a truth that's really dark and scary, a real human truth. Yeah, and um. But but it's done in through entertainment and it's fun and these actors just do so good. It is it also just boils down to Tayona Paris for me. I think everyone. I think everyone, but yeah, correct. For, yo, for yo, me, yo, it's Tayona Paris. No, yo, yo did it. <laughs> yeah, I would say she's she's good. She's in a lot of things already. She's like in um uh I think she has Netflix roots. Yeah, she's like from Dear White People. And oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, she was in uh, Candyman and uh, She Rock, and in the future she's in the Marvels with that's that's the Captain Marvel, oh. the continuation of that. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. So I guess we're gonna. Cool. Uh, I'm excited to see more of her. To, yeah, but uh, overall, we I think we loved it. I love it. I highly recommend it. I think. Um. um out of 10 pizza boxes full of money, even though it's short. <laughs> so out of 10 pizza boxes full of not enough cash, but still a lot, I'm going to give this yeah. movie an eight and a half. I, yeah, I would. Um, yeah. I was conflicted uh, toward the end for me. I, I would give it an eight and a half or a nine. I would just say nine because uh, there was so everything about it was so good for me. Um, it was just, 
whenever they were going towards the end and doing like the the siege underground of the mm-hmm. the evil science lab uh i think i feel like that resolved and buttoned up a little too neatly right yes you had gunshots going you had people getting shot you had stuff like that going on but i kind of wanted to like like a really intense brawl <laughs> like... yeah i don't see and that's the thing too as it did it, it it was a it was like you said it was all resolved in a very um tightly placed bow yes 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 which is like it was good writing like it hit it does I wanted hit. to see some people die, though. I wanted to see characters die from it. Like there yeah, no, was no, nobody we was... really care about the kicks the bucket. But I feel like that no. might also be very intentional too. So which I'm happy about. But give me a resolution where it's like, oh, somebody lost. Well, these people are continuing to lose their lives, though they're clones, and the clones are being thrown away. So I guess it also makes sense in that but, way. Yeah, very true, very true. But um. Yeah, I think maybe just for some reason it, it felt a little too glossy leading up to that ending. Uh, yeah. Whereas before it was very gritty and like uh, violent and and raw, it started to get a little too glossy and, and tame. I wanted um, original Fontaine to be like worse than he was also. Yeah, exactly. Like actual monster. Like I wanted him to like, be. Yes, like, he is an actual monster, obviously. But... Oh, he's a monster, yes. But like I kind of wanted him to be like, I mean, him using the code word, uh, he died way too easy. It was a little too easy for me. Yes. It was too easy. That's why I'm not, that's why eight and a half for me. Cause like there's certain elements where I'm like, make his ending be so horrific. Glorious. Yes. Have and also, also keep her so them apart. Like, so they, it kind of just starts hitting the story beats just to hit them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this I is... know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And, and, uh, the cat and mouse in the clone room. Uh, yes, exactly. They and were then, cat like... and mousing so hard in the clone room. It's very much hard. And, and that, <laughs> and, and like, and then it just turns into their favor whenever the, the, the structure of the script says that it's supposed to, you know yes, what I mean? Beca- beca- and also so convenient how that happened. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like the convenience of it all, it, because there's so many different things that are written so well in there, but I'm like, obviously, I don't know. It could have taken it, had- it to the next level and maybe yeah. it was the Netflix of it all. That's what I was just about to like say. A, I was like going to say a Netflix studio. No, it was just, I like, was a, yeah. just about to say it probably got rewritten. Uh-huh. Probably more times than we know. Like that, that so, was whenever it got Netflixified at that right. point. Right. And I bet you the story is a lot darker. I bet you the original's a lot darker. Which now I'm kind of interested to read. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think know. that'd be great. But you know what? This movie, eight and a half. I'm not saying anything other than seriously. Yeah. Don't walk, run. Watch they clone Tyrone. It's amazing. Yeah. Run to your bed or your couch and and Press the Netflix button on your smart TV remote, and and watch uh, they clone Tyrone right away. And it's two hours, and it's worth every single minute. It's good. The flow, the pacing is great. It's really good. But I was shocked because I I didn't know what to expect. John, I'm not joking. Yeah, I saw the runtime and I was like, oh please God, no. Right, because <laughs> I mean, listen, I watched Daybreakers and I thought I was gonna Daybreakers was fun, but John, that was a Netflix movie. This doesn't feel like a Netflix movie. No, it doesn't. And, or not and... Daybreakers. Um, uh, d- uh, it's the vampire one that has Daybreak. D- is that it? It doesn't matter. Anyway, this doesn't feel yeah. like a Netflix movie. Watch it. 
Yeah, watch it. So over at our good friends at rottentomatoes.com.co.uk, um, they give it a 93 tomatometer. Dang, good for them. And it has an audience score of 100%. Really? Which I think is the first time we've gotten a 100. Uh, for an audience score. Especially for an audience score. For like, an audience score for a 100, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, out of the, what, 75 movies we re- we've reviewed yeah. so far. It's, it's really good. This movie's really good. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just joking. We're just nitpicking at this point. So like, yeah, it's fully a nitpick thing, but like um, we're nitpicking our, to get our review. I would basically, I can totally understand why the audience would give this a hundred. Yeah. It satisfies. It's very, uh, it delivers on the it's comedy, cool. the thrill, the mystery. The concept. It's so hard to write a mystery. That's like a good, good mystery and compelling that's a good mystery. Because every as they go along the journey, they just keep peeling back this onion that gets bigger and crazier and wilder. Right. And uh, and the characters that were chosen to go through it were hilarious. One hundred percent. Yeah, um, I loved it. I wasn't expecting a Netflix movie to be this good. No, it's really good. Yeah, I I would I would say so. Well, so there we are. How are we on time? Um. I think we might be a little bit over. It's been yeah, two we're hours. Over. No, <laughs> we're we're about a hundred. We're about a hundred million minutes in. No, we are <laughs> one hour and seventeen minutes in now. Oh wow, we've been talking so long. I get into I the know. weeds. And that's okay though, because this is a really, really good movie, and that's why yeah. I didn't want to stop us because I was like, we can't just. We can't just stop. You can't stop something, a good train that's rolling that good. Is that how the saying saying goes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We were a runaway train. Yeah, we were a runaway train. Like that one movie that we did. What's the train movie we did? Do you remember that Uh, Bullet Train. Yeah, Bullet Train to Georgia. Which was also surprisingly entertaining. Yeah, entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. how is it? Can I ask you before we sign off? How is how is your orchid doing? Oh, it's surviving. It's actually surviving. I've lost a yeah. couple of the actual <laughs> flowers, but it is surviving. I'm doing my best to not kill it. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's what I'm doing with mine too. Uh, so, viewers at home, Travis and I are, are orchid parents, and oh. if anybody knows, orchids are they're a lost cause from the time somebody gives them to you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I have managed to keep mine barely alive for four months now. That's a, no, that's good because I think that's about <sighs> as long as they bloom. John, that's good because your blooms. Lo- they, the last two flowers have finally wilted and fall off this morning. Oh, and that's why I'm d- asking you. No, you've done well. You've done okay. really well. That's actually the perfect license. Now cut that bitch up. Yeah. So the the bitch is getting cut up for sure. And we're just going to, it is getting a new leaf, which I'm like, oh, whoa. That's cool. Very cool. So yeah. That's actually really cool. I don't yeah. think mine will get a new leaf, but my blooms are still on there. Yeah. It's always sad to see them go, but now I'm like more invested in the leaves. Yeah. The leaves. 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 Leaves, leaves. yeah. We're smart here at Mean Girls Interrupted. The leaves of it all. The leaves of it all. Um, So I guess guess we did it, Travis. 
we did it. So for all of you out there who also agree that we did it, make sure you go to our Instagram and follow us at Mean Girls Interrupted. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, a review, and also like and download or follow and download because you follow over there now. Anywhere yeah. you get your podcast, tell your friends about us, tell your mom about us, um, go find a disembodied hand and hold on to it for no more than 90 seconds and tell your dead mother about us. Um, That's a movie, isn't it? Yes, it is, which I, I kind of want to watch. I really want to watch that movie. I really can talk. It's called Talk to Me. Talk I to really want to watch it. It gets so, good reviews. Does it? Okay. So go do all of those things for us, everyone. We need you. Yeah. And, and I know- you need us. And next week, I'm not sure if ne- next week we're, we're doing the review for it, but upcoming, we're definitely doing Barbie. I, th- I think next week, isn't it? Yeah, because I'm seeing it on Thursday. I'm definitely I'm seeing it this week, too. So our review next week is Barbie. There will be spoilers, just like we spoil every movie. So if you yeah. don't want to be spoiled, go watch the movie or wait and come back because we're going to we're going to spoil yeah. it. Get ready for Barbie next week, guys, because we're, we're gonna doing go Barbie. Into it. All right. So we're actually finally current. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's good. <laughs> I actually, I don't mind. I don't mind it. I don't I mind not being current. Old weird movies. I don't yeah. mind it. We can yeah. do current. And we can do old and weird. And we can do horror. And we can do whatever we want. Yeah, don't girl, put us in a box. Yeah, take your dusty, stinky box and go wash it. And put somebody else up in there. Yeah, because we don't want to be inside or anywhere near your box um (laughs) well said thanks so with that uh with that travis uh i guess we're gonna have to see you at the movies roll the credits you a ten dollar bill that biddy does look suspiciously at and if i were that ten dollar bill i'd be like bitch what What i'd be like you know i'm real (laughs) (laughs) anyway the clone tyrone goodbye bye